everyone to another episode of Digital Wellness with Dr. Mary. I'm Dr. Mary. And as always, we're here to help you transform your moments of stress into islands of calm. And today we have a very special guest. I've been talking about him for a couple of weeks, my therapist, Mark Howerton. Mark has over 15 years of experience in the field. And I would say, and his bio says, and I would totally agree with it, that his style is very relaxed. He's very charismatic. And he has a personal journey that's as inspiring as his ability to help taught performers like myself calm down, get into the moment, and increase our performance. Uh, Mark has helped me rebuild my business in the last year from zero to almost half a million dollars. So Mark, welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here and I can't thank you enough. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Mary. I love this. It's just such a great pleasure <laughs> to be here with you. And I just, I love having the interaction and the time with you and love the idea of sharing some thoughts and things that I've experienced over the years and the ways that I help uh, people in my one-on-one coaching sessions and uh, in the presentations I give to share some of those thoughts with your audience. So this is great. I, I can't wait to get started. And But you know what I'd like to do is set the stage. You are a professional. On the show, we're talking all the time about contacting a professional for mental health. And one of the comments yeah. I first got when I started talking to you was why would somebody like you need to go to a therapist? And I'm wondering if we mm. could just start there because it seems to me that... A lot of people don't realize that asking for help is a sign of weakness. And today we're living in a time where the world and stress is accelerating. And obviously we're seeing stress levels soar according to the research. Um, Achievers like myself, like everyone who's listening right now, you know if you're an achiever. You know you're a workaholic. You know you're that person that goes the extra mile. So, Mark, from your perspective, what would you say to somebody, A, who doesn't reach out but should, and B, why is this a huge problem with high performers? Yeah. Oh, what a great way to start. You know, <laughs> even when I was in, in graduate school, uh, you know, gosh, you know, 20 years ago, we were beginning to see this shift. So, so psychology, psychiatry, psychotherapy, for so many years, you know, certainly when I was a kid, it was a, it was a disease model. It comes from the mm-hmm. medical disease model where, where someone is sick. And if you're sick, you need a doctor. And so if you're mentally ill, then you need a doctor and you go see a psychologist or psychiatrist or psychotherapist. And then fortunately that has, has begun to share, shifted tremendously. But, uh, you know, uh, the work of, of, um, uh, of the Harvard business school, uh, and the school of psychology, um, uh, Dr. Schwartz from, uh, the book positive psychology began to really change this idea from disease model to, to personal growth. Likewise, humanistic psychology. How do we be the best humans we can be? 
you know, through, you know, the, the, the 60s, 70s, and then became actualized in, uh, you know, 90s and 2000s, and hopefully still becoming that. So the accessibility is becoming much more prevalent, and, and the opportunity to, to, to see it in a different light has shifted. We see that even with the, the uh, you know, very popular apps called, um, you know, BetterHelp or different things like that. It's like you can, get, you can access a therapist right now on your phone, you know, and, and these sort of things. So the hope is that we've moved from, you know, a sick person sees a therapist to healthy people want to stay healthy. We get healthier. And so therefore they see a therapist and other, uh, you know, mental health providers and practitioners like myself. I love that because um, for me, uh, we have never actually met in person. We've met right. virtually. And I heard about you from mm-hmm. a podcast you did with Jasmine Starr, which I thought was an amazing podcast. And the thing that caught my attention is you talked about this need for high-performing people to be reset, to be able mm-hmm. to reset, and to be what you just said, the best humans they can be. Because for me, I think I'm awesome at work, but when I'm awesome at work, I'm letting other things go by the wayside. And sometimes I don't care about those other things, and sometimes I do. So I, I think your approach is, is really looking at, okay, lean into that. What, what makes you happy? How do we add a little more humanity to that happiness? Would you say this comes from your core beliefs as a therapist, or does this come from like books or studying that you did? That's great. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, let, let's really be uh, kind of open-minded in this. Um, uh, there's, there's two kind of main things that jump out as I, as I hear you ask me that. The first is my, my personal worldview. And so for, for me personally, I, um, uh, you know, whether I grew up with, uh, uh, you know, parents who, who were optimistic and, and kind of adventurous and, and, and wanted to maximize, you know, our human experience. Um, uh, but I remember even in high school reading books and uh, in, in, in sections of, of Ralph Waldo Emerson, Henry David Thoreau, uh, you know, the poets of Walt Whitman, and, and as a formative adolescent, I remember just being so excited and so thrilled about that idea of like, how do we really, you know, dive into excellent living? How do we really, you know, maximize life? And, and when I would see people who, uh, you know, peers as, as a young, young adult, young uh, high school student, even seeing people who kind of live with a, a drudgery or depressive, uh, you know, existence, uh, that was painful for me. And then some of that came from my own family. I had some mental health uh, issues and extended family members, and I saw the weight of depression. I saw the weight of untreated anxiety. Um, my dad, love my dad. I love my parents. I'm very fortunate to have, have really wonderful parents. My dad was a Vietnam vet, and so I grew up with with probably some undiagnosed and untreated PTSD in my home, mm-hmm. and uh, and and so that was you know. And again, God bless my folks. They did absolutely the best they could. And they're, they're wonderful people, um, but I think there was a lack of what could have been better if we could have got dad some of the support he needed in, you know, whatever the, the mid seventies or, or early eighties, that would have been helpful for him and, and helpful for who he is as a person. And as a dad, and then the, the trickle down benefit from one person's health and well being to the impact it has on others, which I think then points to why I love working with, with leaders and high achievers and, and, uh, and influencers. I personally feel a mission 
to influence as many people as possible with messages of hope and well-being and being the better version of themselves, because that's who we're wired to be, in my opinion. That's the fullness of our humanity. So I know that if I can work successfully with someone who is an influencer, who impacts many people, who leads organizations, who has a voice in the world that's heard by many people, that is a tremendous way that I can fulfill my own personal sense of, of mission to influence as many people as, as, as possible. And, uh, and ultimately, I believe healthy leaders make healthy organizations. And, and so it, the healthier you are as a leader, as a business owner, as a high performer, the healthier impact you'll have in the people that work for you or work with you and the messages that you send. Mark, that's wonderful. I'd like to, to Henry, our producer, Devin isn't with us today, so I'm just going to say to Henry, I'm, what I'd like to do is I'd like to invite people to call in or text in to 773-763-9278. Again, that's 773-763-9278. And you'll talk to Henry, and then you can talk to Mark or I with your questions. But let's take a quick 30-second break. And when we come back, I want to talk about high performers, the trickle-down benefit, and just understanding how all that works with the neuroscience of today's requirements to be a high performer, if that makes sense, Mark. (laughs) I love it. Sounds great. Can't wait. Over to you, Henry. was a binaural beat from the Digital Wellness Center. It's designed to stimulate your brain for relaxation. Last week, we talked a lot about it, and we talked about how the neuroscience of binaural beats helps you relax in tense situations. As always, if you want free binaural beats or anything you need, just go to the digitalwellnesscenter.com. But today, we're joined by my insightful therapist, Mark Howerton. And before we proceed, I just want to let everyone know, if you're waiting to hear Richardson's voice, our associate producer, he's away for his big exam. And we're all rooting for him. Today is his last exam of his second last semester. So he's super excited. So Mark, let's delve into the neuroscience behind stress and and particularly stress and high performers, because I'm sure people that are driving right now, maybe they're running on the lake and they're listening to us um, through their headphones. Maybe they're just sitting at home having a cup of coffee. But the majority of people listening are high performers. Could you shed some light on what's happening in our brains when we're under stress? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, I, I, our brains are so, so ma- amazing, so magical, uh, just really miraculous in so many ways. And, and our, our, the most primitive part of our brain wants to keep us safe. And so if we think about our brain uh, from, from an evolutionary perspective, it's saying that we are uh, you know, designed to thrive, designed to stay alive. And that's the number one goal, because no matter how smart we are, if we're not here, if we get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger, we're, we're not going to be effective and we're not going to exist. And so <laughs> survival is the number one uh, you know, primary motivation of, of our brain. And I often point to, if, if we were on video, you'd see I'm pointing to my head, my, my frontal lobe, my prefrontal cortex, and then my back brain is, you know, my brain stem and the most primitive part of my brain. And I love explaining to, to my clients that uh, the back brain, the brain stem, is it's the same basic structure in every mammal. So every mammal has the same basic um, brainstem and, and kind of primitive function of the brain. And that's where we have, uh, you know, our desire to stay alive, our desire to eat, our desire to procreate, our most primitive, you know, de- desires for survival. Uh, we have this lovely thing called a prefrontal cortex, this, this giant front part of our brain. And we're the only mammals that have that. And it grows. I've even seen the research continuing to stretch the length of this development meaning physically it grows well into our early mid-20s and some even say, you know, into our late 20s. And so this is a, a part of our brain that, that's continuing to grow and develop, uh, you know, through our, our growing years, well after we physically have grown. And then we continue to mature it uh, and, and develop it through executive functioning, training, life training, and these sort of things. But I'll just say that back brain section is where we have this uh, you know, the survival instinct that wants to make sure that nothing bad happens to us. The problem with that part of the brain is it doesn't delineate the difference between an actual threat and a perceived threat. And if, if you know, one of the key lessons that I would love for, for your listeners to take away from today is that our brain wants to keep us alive and avoid perceived threats. And so it's ever looking around our environment for something that could possibly cause us harm. A snake over in the grass, a, a, a lion who's going to jump out of the bushes and eat us, or an email, or a traffic jam, or the dishwasher not working. And it doesn't know the difference between an actual threat of a lion eating us and a difficult email that I have to write. So it is activating stress alerts, bright lights, chemical releases all the time with these demands of daily modern life as actually threats to our existence. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And I just had somebody text me and they said, uh, I'm listening to Mark. Does stress stop the growth of our brain? So I think that's a great question, actually. I want to know. Does, does stress harm our brain? Great question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, my, my general answer would be yes, from a, uh, from a, a distraction, uh, you know, uh, point of view. So if, if survival is the base of the pyramid, just don't die. You know, that, that's, that's the message. <laughs> you know, and I, I very fortunately with my, with my fiance was able to, uh, one, get engaged in Africa. I, I share that with you. Yay. I proposed, uh, to, to my sweet, lovely Anna in Africa. Uh, it was an amazing experience. 
Um, and while we were there enjoying the, the safari, one of the things that I would you know observe is the the gazelles, you know, the antelopes, these, these small little deer type 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 creatures uh, that are lower on the food chain. And if you watch them in the savanna, you'd see them, you know, bend down, eat food, look up, make sure they're not under threat. Bend down, eat food, look up, make sure they're not under threat. And it, like that's their life cycle: eat food, don't die, procreate, drink water, eat food, don't die, procreate. And so that is the sole purpose of their existence. And so that back brain is very, very active. Obviously, they've not developed any frontal lobe because they just want to make sure that they don't die. If we're in that state of mind, under threat, under threat, we're not going to develop creative thinking. Uh, and so whether or not it actually develops the, the size of the brain, I'll, I'll speak to that in a sec. It, I, I, you know, I'm not quite sure in our adulthood, but as far as the focused energy, uh, it's going to be distracted. And when I point to the frontal cortex, I say that's our most creative, our highest best self, our problem-solving you know, ingenuity and creativity exists in that prefrontal cortex. And if we're distracted by drink water, don't die, eat food, don't die, procreate, don't die, we have no volume, no uh, you know, synaptic connection or energy in our prefrontal cortex. So by being in a calmer state of mind, we're allowing more space for our most highly creative, imaginative, solution-oriented part of our brain, again, which what, what makes us human, which makes us, you know, you know congruent with, with divine inspiration because we're in sync with that higher developed sense of self. Um, I, I did want to, and then, and then I, I, I saw this too. I saw this uh, years ago, and, and it would be a crossover uh, to your, your listener's question. Um, it was a series of brain scans of children and uh, a series of, it would be like a normal brain scan. And so in basically a, an X-ray of the brain and brain matter and, um, and then pointing out the normal size. And then it was a series of children who had grown up in an unaffectionate orphanage. And maybe you've seen these studies. They're, they're out of, uh, you know, kind of Eastern Bloc countries, um, you know, in the, uh, you know, maybe the 90s, uh, when there was some, some different conflicts that created a large population of orphaned children, and a number of su- studies were shown about how children need to be touched, how children need affection, you know, how can we get the emotional connection that children need. And, uh, and what they st- studied by seeing the brain scans is their brain actually didn't grow to the normal size of a child their age because those early formative years were just based on, will I get some food? Will I be changed? Will I be safe? Will, am I safe to sleep? But without affection and whatnot, the brain didn't have the security to grow to the larger physical capacity. So I think that might be an interesting crossover to now as adults. Our, our brain, it's grown. As a, as a full adult, my brain might grow, but the muscle itself is weak and becomes fatigued and small if we're, if we're driven by stress. Amazing. And as, as we talk about stress, I think we should talk just bef- to wrap up this segment before we go into solutions. One of the things I've always noticed as stress is the more stressed you are, the less you sleep, the more anxious you become, the more suspicious you become of people's activities. Like, is, is stress um, not, in my experience and my research, stress is an emotional 
um, issue, but it's also a physiological issue. It becomes something that drives that back part of your brain. Um, are, do you find the same thing? Do your clients complain of health issues? People listening here, I'm sure, have suffered from the health issues of stress, but maybe don't know how to to solve this problem. And, and can it be changed? Yeah, that's great, Mary. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Stress uh, and sleep, um, uh, sleep health is very, very important when we talk about solutions. We'll talk about some ideas and how to make sure you're, you're getting proper rest. Um, but yeah, sleep fitness is a very, very important part of our overall health and well-being. <laughs> Uh, we've got to make sure we're getting our proper rest time. And even there's tremendous science. We could go deep, deep into the research about uh, how the brain actually recovers uh, during, during uh, sleep and how important that is to have that proper rest so that our brain can uh, relax and literally restore. It's like an athlete yeah. who works out very hard. If you're an athlete and you're working out extremely intensely, you can't do that seven days in a row. You've got to have a cycle of physical rest and recovery so that the muscles will actually get stronger to perform better. And it's kind of a paradox. We think, okay, the more I do, the stronger I'll get. But that's not the case. The more we do, we're potentially moving towards fatigue, injury, and uh, and lack of efficiency or lack of effectiveness. Uh, And so, yeah, we've got to have proper sleep. Uh, the, The thing with stress, and this is kind of fun to play with, even as we're using our words and we talk about our feelings, remember, language is just an interpretation of chemistry. So what's happening, if I say I'm stressed, what's happening is my brain released a chemical to tell my body, be aware, you're under threat, something bad could happen, or you need to survive. That's just a chemical that was released in my brain. My, my then cognitive language capacity puts an interpretation to that and it says, okay, I'm stressed out. I need to work harder or, oh crud, I'm going to get fired or I might lose this account. And then that is an interpretation of that chemical, but the chemical is just released. And that's all of our chemicals. When I laugh, when I hear a funny joke, when I, when I'm holding, you know, a dear loved one close to me, those are chemicals that are released in our brain. They get interpreted as funny, as love, as stress, as humorous, as sad. And so, so, you know, as much as we have this amazing prefrontal cortex, we think about all these things, we need to give ourselves a little space to say, what am I feeling? And just, it, it just, and feel it, not even put language to it, but just kind of feel that feeling again, which is why things like sleep and rest and quieting our minds are so important in ways that are beyond our cognition. Mark, I just had a great question here which is yeah, actually no. what triggered our relationship. So I'd like to say thank you for your text. I'm not, you asked me not to say your name, so I won't say your name. But the text says, I like stress. It helps me be a better performer. Why does everybody want me to get rid of it? I love it. I love it. Over and to you, Mark. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I use the, the analogy with, you know, amazing athletes, you know, you know in, the, in the NBA, basketball players, LeBron James or Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan, these amazing superstars are driven competitors. They yeah. love it. They thrive. Don't forget Steph arena. Curry, my hero, Steph Curry. That's right. Yeah. Steph, I love them. <laughs> you know, these, these driven, driven people at a highly competitive level. 
Um, and yeah, if you said, Hey man, just relax. Don't take it so seriously. They would punch me in the face. You know, they're like, this is my passion. This is my love. I, I love competition. And, and so, uh, yes, the idea of this is why I like the idea of interpretation. What I was getting at there a second ago is it, it, we feel the push, the drive. And then what we do with it is a matter of health or unhealth. And, and so certainly if I don't want somebody in constant state of cortisol overload, uh, so we want to find a healthy rhythm because even, you know, one of the bronze, uh, you know, big contributions to, to physical performance is his rest regimen. You know, he's, yeah. he's very intentional with his sleep. You know, there's a lot of things that he does that are a great crossover to any of us who are in high performing demand jobs. And so, yes, use your stress to accomplish the things that you're, you're doing. But again, like the athlete, make sure you're having enough time for the rest, rest, restitution and the, the healing and recovery beyond just the push. Um, by all means, yeah, stress is an activator. Uh, when we talk about that primal desire, it's to activate. If we were lethargic, you know, from an evolutionary perspective, we wouldn't go look for food. We wouldn't go look for a mate. We wouldn't fight for a mate. We wouldn't exist as a species. So certainly, yes, it's an activator. It just needs to be managed in a, in a healthy, prudent way. It's funny you uh, brought up LeBron because we talked about him last week. It seems like my whole life is an analogy to basketball, but um, I patterned my health care after what LeBron does after my heart attack. Like everything he did, I, well, except for, you know, have the trainers and the cook and all the other stuff, I tried to do. And he's absolutely right. No wonder he's playing so long and, and so amazing. Right. But, you know, that's his power. And I think that's a, like, let's just jump right into this next segment because it's silly and it's fun. And, and we're starting to, to, I hope, help people because they're, they're asking us some good, tough questions. And I encourage you, everybody, to continue to do the same thing. Thing, text 773-763-9278 or, of course, call 773-763-9278 to talk to Mark or I. So one of the things, um, like if we talk about the impact on stress of high performers, and I think when I was talking to um, – some athletes and we're bringing some more back on, but a couple of them had won world series. And one of the things they said to me is they worked really hard to keep the, the positive stress in the uh, player's room, locker room. Sorry. I'm not a sports player. Mm -hmm. I just happen to know them, mm -hmm. but um, you know, Joe Carter who won uh, two world series, he said, our job was to keep the stress high, but know how to erase the stress. And one of the ways they did that, his superpower for busting stress was he would take people out to eat. He would break bread with people and he would get people to know each other. He was a connector. So one of the things I did in honor of the amazing Joe Carter uh, is I created a fun little task or quiz that's totally for entertainment purposes. But if you love the MLBA or the NBA or even the NHL, I think this quiz is for you. So do you want to take it? Because I know you're a sports fanatic. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's see, would you like me to, to share these, like share some of these questions? You go um, first and then great. I'll go. And we'll see what answers we okay. get. Okay. 
Okay, very cool. All right, well, question one, when I feel overwhelmed, do I usually A, take a deep breath, meditate for a few minutes, B, crack a joke, watch something funny, C, doodle, write, engage in a creative hobby, or D, plan an outdoor activity or a workout? <laughs> and we, we obviously want our listeners to, to check in and, and say, well, their options would be as well. Um, so for me personally, gosh, uh, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm going to say B. I love to crack a joke, check out by watching something funny, and uh, I'd say that's probably my quickest go-to on impulse this morning. <laughs> okay, you? I D. You know I D. Uh, I run. I just run, 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 run. Okay, overwhelmed. I'm going to outrun my problems. So uh, that that's what I did. I'm a solid D on this one. Um, I don't know what Richardson D. would be. I think I think uh, he would probably be a B, just like you. It's always fun when he's yeah. here because sometimes I'm wrong. So I'll do number two. Sure. Your friends describe sure. you as A, calm and thoughtful. B, the life of the party, C, imaginative and artistic, and D, energetic and adventurous. What are you? Mm. Yeah, so from a friend's <laughs> perspective, yeah, it's, it's just tough. I'm, I'm, I'm a combination of, in fact, we'll, we'll see if we get uh, uh, Anna to, to give me a feedback. We'll put it in comments. Yeah, on, on ask the, Anna. Uh, yeah, no, ask Anna. Is she there? Uh, she's not here now, no, but yeah, okay. uh, I think she's, I, I'm a combination of the life of the party or energetic and adventurous. But some, Pick some one, Mark. Two would be, Pick uh, one. Pick one. I'm going to say D. I'm going to say energetic and adventurous. I want to go. I want to do. Okay. I would agree. Yeah. Especially since you yeah. were up at 530 to work out. Because so was I. <laughs> uh, right. I am yeah. definitely, yeah. again, solid D. Okay. Okay. All right. Nice. You take the next one. Okay. Um, you're, you prefer to relax by A, practicing yoga or mindfulness, B, watching a comedy show or a stand-up special, C, painting, relaxing, or playing music, or D, going for a run or hike in nature. You prefer huh. to relax. And I think they're all great stuff. This is why I love this. It's, it's, this is such a positive quiz. So I, I'm hoping... The listeners are checking in and doing this as well, along with us. These are all great things. In fact, these will all become strategies down in our next section of our conversation, I'm sure. They um, are. So, man, okay, what reference. would you pick? I know what I would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I started to go off you know, the, the question for a second. I do this exercise where I have my, my folks write, I feel better when and make a list of all these things that they do. They feel better when they do. And, and I'm just loving it because this is why I feel better when I feel better when I go to yoga. I feel better when I do some mindfulness. I feel better when I watch a funny show. I, I feel better when I do some painting or some creative, you know, uh, you know writing or music listening. Uh, I feel better when I go on a hike. So these are all great things. My preference to relax um, would be going on a, on a run or a hike in nature. I love being outdoors in beautiful places. Funny story. I was too. <laughs> I, it absolutely 100% is. But about a year and a half ago, before we even started working together, 
I what always wanted it. I wanted it to be painting. My uncle is a very famous painting painter, and I had already done writing, and I write for a living, and I tried playing music, and I suck. And so I thought, okay, painting is going to be it. Painting is going to be what I relax into. I have never been more stressed as I was in those painting classes. I, I you know, everybody, oh. she said, paint a flower. And it took me five weeks to paint a flower, like even the outline of a flower. And other people yeah. had like buckets of flowers and all these things. I quit. I was like, no, this is not relaxing me. This is causing me to be competitive. So I could only turn painting into a competitive sport. So I needed to just again, go it. for a run. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to we're going to have a therapeutic assignment for you. I'm going to have to have you get some paints. And here's the deal. Use your non-dominant hand and your fingers. And it's going to be a finger painting exercise with your non-dominant hand to help you get into your inner child and do a deep inner child play session. And uh, that, that'll be a task that I, I'm going to have you do. And, and I want to hear a report of it. Yeah, but what's going to happen to my nails? <laughs> that's that's worth anxiety. That'll put you in a stress yeah. Hello? more than anything. <laughs> Again, I yeah, you try well, getting another nails. appointment before Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe after Christmas we'll we'll talk okay. about this. Maybe after Christmas. So sure. uh, here's a funny question for you: At work, when you're faced with a challenge, you a take a step okay. back to analyze and approach it methodically. B, lighten the mood with humor before tackling the issue. C, come up with out-of-the-box ideas. And D, tackle it head-on with full energy. Oh, oh, good, good, uh-huh. good. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, really feeling challenged. I would love to, and I guess it's probably kind of like a humble brag, I would love to say come up with out-of-the-box ideas. <laughs> uh, and I, I feel like that's, that's been a big part of, of, of my work and even, you know, like a chicken or the egg. Is that part of my mind drew, what drew me to the sort of work I do? Or is that kind of, uh, you know, evolved as I've had, you know, nearly 20 years of doing this with folks? So, yeah, I, I would pride myself and, and love to think about it differently, come up with uh, out-of-the-box ideas. Yeah. Well, I think, that's why, I think that's why we both work for ourselves because – yeah. That that's what we do for a living is provide solutions. So definitely out of the box ideas. Oh, you already gave an answer to this, so I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna ask it. Your ideal vacation includes a quiet retreat to secluded destination, uh, attending lively shows or festivals, exploring art galleries, or engaging in creative workshops, adventurous sports, or exploring new terrains. <laughs> oh, I am D all day. I yeah. want to go to new places, <laughs> uh, see new things. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, well, that remember honestly, that. Uh, I would say yeah. Go ahead. You. What's your answer? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I could make okay. something up, but right now, I honestly, out of those four. I, I don't know. I like, a, like I, as you know, we, I just found a place to have a quiet retreat on Lake Ontario, mm-hmm. but um, which I'm just trying. And um, I love going to shows. 
when I was traveling, all I do is go to art galleries and libraries. But I love when I am traveling to try something new, like if it's kayaking, if it's hiking, if it's whatever. So I, I have no idea what my ideal vacation would be. Mm-hmm. Okay. That in itself is revealing. <laughs> okay, right. so right. listeners, yeah. we should get to the next section, but I want to give you some answers. So none of us were mostly A's, but if you are mostly A's, you are the mindful maven. And I'm going to post this on uh, the Digital Wellness Center's LinkedIn, and I'm sure Richardson will put it on Instagram, but uh, I don't. I don't know how. So there. So for mostly A's, the mindful maven, you possess the power of mindfulness. Your ability to remain calm and centered even in chaos is your greatest strength. Meditation and mindfulness are your go-to tools for combating stress. Good for you, Bram. Who's on next week? I'm sure he's going to be mostly A's. So mostly bees. Neither one of us were mostly bees either, Mark. You're, <laughs> you are the laughing legend. Your superpower is your sense of humor. Laughter is your weapon against stress. You have the unique ability to find a silver lining and bring joy to those around you. Mostly C's. The creative crusader. Creativity flows through your veins, whether it's through art, music, or writing. You channel your stress into creative expressions, turning potential negativity into beautiful creations. I would actually say that's what you do for a living, Mark. So, um, and the energetic explorer is mostly D's. Adventure and activity are your stress busters. You thrive on physical challenges and outdoor activities, finding peace in your moments of exploration. So, Henry, Mark, why don't we take a little break? I know I've got a bunch of texts to go through. And let's talk about how high performers can recognize and utilize these unique stress-busting strategies. Henry, if we could take a quick break, how about 60 seconds?
everybody, and welcome back. What you just heard, again, was another binaural beat from the Digital Wellness Center, and we worked with Grammy Award-winning artists to create them. Mark, as you know, binaural beats are perception of sound that are created by your brain. Uh, They're my superpower for relaxing. I listen to these when I have to make tough decisions, when I get super stressed, you know, when, when I get anxiety over something my team is doing. What's interesting about binaural beats and, and why I consider it part of my superpower pack, if you will, if you listen to two tones, each at a different frequency and each in a different ear, your brain creates an additional tone you can hear. And this third tone is called a binaural beat. And you'll hear it at the frequency is the difference between the two tones. And I hope that makes sense for everybody. But what happens is your brain focuses on something else other than your stress. And as we talked about earlier in the show, Mark, your prefrontal cortex clears. So what I'd like to talk about today is this magical superpower you taught me, which I use all the time. I tell everyone, including my friend's kids, adolescents, everybody. It's a secret power you gave me, and I love it. Uh, it's the red light, yellow light, green light technique for stress management. So why don't, why don't you talk a little bit about this and how high performers can use it? Because, you know, I let stress control my life for so long it almost killed me. But in this case, um, I just love this little activity. Go ahead. What, what, I'm sorry. I don't want to talk. You yeah. talk. That's so great. Yes, I love that you're using it and it's working for you. Uh, the, the picture that I want to draw is, is simply a, a traffic light, red light, yellow light, green light. And uh, when we, we're going about our days, we're going about our tasks, going through life, uh, we want to be as much as possible in the green zone. And that we're working in, in areas of competency, that we're feeling good about the work we're doing, we're, we're uh, getting things done, we're feeling effective. And, and that's, that's not only just in a, our natural state of calmness and well-being, it's actually also in our task delineation. So when we, we identify what causes stress, is it just the demand or sometimes is, is it our, our competencies are being tasked? So if I'm pushed to the end of my competency, I'm going to feel stressed and I'm going to be operating outside of a, a comfortable skill level. So my confidence will decrease, my efficiency will decrease. So as much as possible... I want my tasks, my life to be in the green zone, doing things that I feel good about, that I'm, that I'm excited about learning, I'm using my skills, I'm stretching my skills, I feel good, competent, and joyful, really, when I'm doing that. And the more that we're in our green zone, again, we are in that, that most creative, most solution-oriented uh, you know, part of our brain because we're, we're absolutely feeling in flow. Obviously, there are some things in life that are demands that are unpleasant. There's situations, tasks, uh, you know, obligations that we have that are, are burdensome, that we don't care for. And that's where we begin to identify are these in our yellow area, like a yellow light, meaning slow down, use some caution, be careful. You know, you can't go as fast as you were going you know, through the intersection. You need to be aware, be prepared to take a break if needed. So yellow light situations are you know, simply cues for us to be a little more cautious. Even the other signs, uh, a road sign might be a, a blinking yellow light telling us, slow down, use caution, be intentional here. The potential risk could be right around the corner. And so yellow light areas, 
help us slow down, be cautious. And red light is this high stress, absolute, just feels like we're just slammed on the brakes. And, and so as much as possible, we don't want to be in red light areas. As much as possible, we don't want to have to engage in red light tasks. And, and whenever possible, four of my leaders and, and people who are running organizations, is, if you can hand off those tasks, delegate those tasks, find a creative solution to you know, get the task done in a way that, that uh, you know, maybe different, creative, out of the box, so you don't just plow right into that red light, um, then you know, you're better off. So when those red lights are coming into our, our, our frame of reference, we have to absolutely stop. How do I get through this? How do I, you know, take a break so that my, my functioning is at its highest, best self so I can come up with a solution? Or how do I get this stressor off of my plate so I don't feel stuck at the stoplight forever? So, Mark, um, someone just texted me and said, okay, that's great, but is it like la la? Give me an example. So I'm happy to give an example of this. It isn't, it isn't la la. Yeah. I think, you know, la la or woo woo. Um, and people sure. want to categorize stuff like that all the time. I don't think they understand that there's actually your brain is, is what creates stress. There isn't, it isn't like you hit your elbow and um, you feel pain. There's nothing that causes stress. It's all in your head. I think people need to remember that. So, and I won't say your name. It's okay. Um, with green light, um, for me, green light is creating and problem solving and selling. I love when I'm in meetings with people. I love discussing with people. I love brainstorming people. Yellow light is when I'm in admin stuff. I get really frustrated. I, I hate it. So this is where I know I have states of rising stress. So I make sure that I schedule one day for admin and I don't go back to it until I have to go back to the admin day or time in my calendar. And then it, my red light zone is money. Like I'm always working towards this goal of money, just like any other high performer. Like we want to hit our quarters. We want to do this. We want to do that. And so we, we focus too much on that and not enough on the green light activity, which is creating, in, in my case, you know, creating solutions and selling and talking. So um, another red light for me is email. If I spend all my time on email, I don't feel like I'm working. So my heart rate increases, all those things happen. So again, I've had to refocus my calendar on maybe not spending eight hours a day on email and trying to do it. And at first I would try it for seven and a half hours a day and, and then bring it down. For me now, I step away for sure after two hours of email, even if it's just for a coffee break. So I hope that answers the uh, texter's questions. But Mark, as we... Yeah, can I, let know, me comment on that. I, yeah. I, I would add to that um, that I... I really believe, just like the fun little quiz we did a few minutes ago, this is, it's very important that we know ourselves. So I am all about personality profiles. You know, take a Myers-Briggs personality profile. You can do that. There's free ones online. Uh, one I, I point people to is called 16personalities.com, uh, maybe .org, but it's a free uh, Myers-Briggs personality profile. Um, and then any other number of, of uh, performance-based personality profiles. I use strength finders. So Gallup Clifton Group uh, has, has a great tool called Strength Finders. 
Um, you can yeah, just take it online. It's a, it's, a, it's a book, but you can just do the online test, um, pay a small fee, and, and, and it gives you your primary strengths or talents um, listed mm-hmm. among, I think, about 35 total strengths and talents. Uh, and, and by doing that, that becomes your template for red light, yellow light, green light. And I, I earnestly believe this. Some people are just so, so driven uh, by, you know, I've got to accomplish, I've got to accomplish. They're literally ineffective because they're, they're banging their head against the wall. <laughs> it is imperative. Yeah, so that's really, It's not woo-woo at all. It's so pragmatic. We have yeah. to work in our strengths. We have to. At, at a level of, of literally existentially, am I doing good? Am I doing good by the universe? Am I doing good by God? Am I doing good by my true self if, if, if I'm just banging my head against the wall? I have to be in my green zone. That is the purpose of my existence is operating in my green zone. And I say it with that emphatic intensity because we've got to invest in it. Invest $30 or whatever it is and buy, and buy the Strength Finders uh, online profile and look at your life in the lens or through the lens of, of your primary strengths and talents and, and adapt your life to that, to the very best of your ability. Additionally, Tim Ferriss in his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, talks about ways that you protect your schedule. And, and again, if, if your task, if your job in life is just to do tasks, that's fine. That's lovely. I hope that's within your green zone. I hope it's within your strength profile. That's wonderful. But if your task in life is to be a high-level thinker and a solution-oriented person and a, a, you know, a, a creative engineer who's coming up with solutions for big questions, you've got to really protect your, your mind and your tasks to be in this highest level of flow state and green light as possible. Mark, what I loved about what you just said is it's knowing self. And I'm that person that would bang my head on against the wall and I'd be really hard on myself. And I still am. Like, I know it. It's fine. I get totally depressed. But at least at least I have you. (laughs) But um, Mm. when uh, when we're talking to people and and one of the things is looking through a lens of self it's allowing yourself that time to even understand yourself. Speaking as a workaholic, I would have said uh, prior to our relationship, woo, woo, woo. I have no time for this. You don't understand what my life is like as a CEO. I am too busy for this crap. But what I want people to understand is I have learned after working myself to death, literally, is there are ways that you can manage this and then you're even happier in your job. And when you're happier, you're more productive. And when you're more productive, we get, as you talk about earlier, the trickle-down effect of people wanting to work from you, of people wanting to buy from you. Mark, you've given us a whole bunch of great strategies. Um, you, we've talked about I feel better when. We've talked about red light, green light. We've got four more minutes. Anything else you want to share yeah. with our listeners? Mm. Oh, I love it. Uh, that, that final comment you just said about, about knowing yourself. Reminder, you know, we, we are still evolving and maturing. And, you know, so often we think, well, I'm a professional, I'm an adult, I'm in midlife, or whatever it might be. The opportunity to continue to grow and, and understand how we experience the world, understand how we can be 
uh, you know, more connected to the work that we're doing, whether it's the specific tasks like strength finders and delineating your schedule to be more on point, or it's something greater. And there's a spiritual element or a deeper meaning or a feeling mm-hmm. of contribution. What we want to do is really say, why am I doing this? What, what, am, I, what am I hoping to accomplish by this drive, by this, <clears throat> is it just to complete the task? That's back brain thinking. That's don't die. That's eat grass, look up, drink water, look out for the tiger. We do not exist in that realm. We have the opportunity to elevate. And whether that's through quiet meditation to just calm our, brain, our minds, to, to think about higher purpose, or to deeply engage in spiritual practice, to find a way to connect with nature or divinity or your faith or connection of relationships or intimacy. That is the higher opportunity we have as humans, as people with this prefrontal cortex. It's so much more than an effective to-do list. It literally is our existential sense of purpose and meaning. And so I would just love to invite all of your listeners to, to say, how do I tap into a deeper experience in that way? And that, that's my work. And I you know, would love to uh, you know, kind of shamelessly say, jump on my Instagram, jump on my website, reach out to me. I see clients literally all over the world. And, and say, I want to help you not only get these tasks done, but feel like you are moving in a way that has a deeper meaning and purpose and deeper fulfillment. Mark, that's brilliant. And, and I'm constantly getting myself to move out of back brain thinking. However, in our last minute, why don't you tell mm-hmm. people your Instagram and your website yeah. so that people can find you? Because I can tell you, he's amazing. I already told you how we've moved forward this year. I recommend him to everyone. Mark, do a little commercial for yourself. Come on. I love it. I, I am easy <laughs> to find. My name my name is Mark Howerton, and that is my website, uh, H-O-W-E-R-T-O-N. That's my Instagram handle. My phone number even has the name Mark in it. My phone number is no. uh, 949-933-MARK. And so uh, 6275 spells M-A-R-K. Um, so you can just find me by my name. Please reach <laughs> out. Uh, and, and this is because this is my green zone. You give me the opportunity to fulfill my purpose by doing direct coaching, having opportunities to speak and share ideas like this. This is my green light. So I'm grateful to to you and to the universe and to God and to my clients for letting me be in my sense of purpose. Then, Mark, we have to have you back. I would love that. That's that. I absolutely love to come back. Thank you Take good care, listeners. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. The preceding program, Chicago's Weekend Wake-Up Call, was sponsored by the Digital Wellness Center and to the extent applicable, their guests. The views and opinions expressed therein do not necessarily reflect those of NewsWeb Radio Company or its management.